welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast. Spiritual musings, sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura. Welcome back, listeners. Hello. I'm here again. It's cold. It's a little bit cold. You've made this room cosy. I have. We did just have to turn the heater off, though. Yeah, too noisy. Yeah, keep Maddie happy. Yeah. Otherwise he would have been like, what's that whirring sound in the background? Sorry, Matt. That no. was the wall maker. Yeah, and, and Tracy remembered to turn it off. So there you go, Maddie. You're and welcome. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into today's episode, though, we wanted to quickly mention that our meet and greet is this Saturday. Woohoo! For those people that are listening in real time, that is. So it's. This Saturday. 22nd of May. Yes, at the Hero of Waterloo. Mm-hmm. In the Rocks in Sydney. Yep. What time? Uh, 6.30. 6.30, that's yes. right. Yeah. Yay. Can't so, wait. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there. With our mats. Two mats. <laughs> <laughs> Bring all the other mats on. Yeah, should be fun. Um, I'm going to, I was thinking about it yesterday. I was standing, I can't remember where I was standing, what shop I was in, but I looked over and I saw something that made me think, oh, I have to get that out. I've got a Polaroid camera. Awesome. I might bring the Polaroid camera. Is it like proper vintage or is yeah. it the newest? No, ones? it's the new. It's like a Pentax oh, yeah. Yeah, new okay. one. But um, it still takes Polaroids. I've always wanted to get one of them, <laughs> but I thought, no, nah, I would just blow so many of those films. They're like, so cool though. Stuff. <laughs> but I think it would be cool to just have some for people to take. And I love, I love Polaroids. That. Yeah, great idea. Remind me to do it before we leave. I'm going to write it just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what we're going to wear. No. <laughs> clothes. Yeah, warm clothes because I feel like it's going to be really freaking cold. A smile. Mm-hmm. Some beer sleeves. I'm getting my hair done today. Getting your hair done. I am. Just so worked out that it was the week that I've got something on. Of course. Don't you love it? Yes. And it's my birthday soon, so yeah, got to get your hair done before your birthday. Absolutely. Especially when it's a big one. Mm. We're in Gemini season soon. From this week, it starts over to Gemini season. Tell me about it. Tell me a little bit about Gemini season. I'm just well, throwing you on the spot there, but I feel as though you would know a fair bit about it, seeing mm-hmm. as though you are one. Yeah. Gemini season's about communication, um, about not just like communicating in a good way, but also um, using that time to get out the things that you need to get out. Mm. It's a great time to bring it all out for put it on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a great time to uh, like make decisions and um, really kind of use that analytical side and the creative side. So it's it's a time when you can bring the two parts of you together if you have that uh, to have a more balanced view and therefore make better decisions. Um, it's also a time where you've got to bring a certain sense of um, playfulness and cheekiness and um, uh, I want to call it flirtatious, but I don't mean like sexually flirtatious. I just mean like being able to sort of push those little bit of a a cheeky, cheeky boundaries every now and then. Sure. Um, Now's the time to be able to do that and just to to expand your wings a little bit. Oh, it sounds great. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's Gemini season. Depends on, obviously, Gemini season affects everyone differently depending on what star sign they are. Yes. Um, but that's Gemini season in a nutshell. 
You know, I listened to, you've just reminded me of a podcast that I listened to, I started listening to recently because I think we're both a fan of Queer Eye, like mm-hmm. the new one on Netflix, and how Jonathan has a podcast. It's called Curious with JVN, I think. He's so cool. He does. He interviews a, um, like, astrologist slash astronomer type of person, and it's so funny. Like, she goes through his natal chart, but his reactions and stuff, he's just so gorgeous and hilarious. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, like, the best parts of that show all wrapped up into into this episode but it you know it talks about the natal charts and astrology and how it used to be really related to astronomy but then they sort of separated but they're so relatable and anyway that's cool so if anybody wants to look that up I can highly recommend but his podcast talks to all different you know types of people from all different genres curious about everything yeah exactly I love that I think that's why I like his podcast too Mm. because if he's curious about something he just goes and finds someone and talks to and he's so joyful when he does it it's just it's it's very uplifting it is I um uh, a couple of years ago I did an article for an online publication called the wayward co yeah um and uh, I love them they're amazing um but there, Emma, who is one of the girls from the Wayward Co., she is um, into astrology. She's an astrologist. Cool. And so she's the one now who I will go to for the latest information. Right. She does like a really kind of in-depth um, summary, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, of everything. So much. It's so there is, but she does it um, in a way that we can understand it. That's just got that little bit more to it than. Um, than Jordana's. Yeah. It's um it's I haven't listened to hers for a while if I'm being honest, but I've gone over to Emma's and I just okay. love the way that she is. Like she just gets on and she does it and yep. it's like my kind of my kind of way. So she has her own. Yeah, so she's by the sound of sh- She's part of the Wayward Co, but she um she her handle is at Emma underscore V V double E. Yeah. Okay. Um and she's she's really cool. So, yeah, you jump on there and um, the wayward.co is uh, the Wayward Coast Instagram handle. Yeah. Um, and she's always on there doing her little Instagram lives and things like that. Mm, she's nice. very cool. I'll have to look her up. Yeah. But what are we talking about today? Oh, um, sorry. Today we're talking about near-death experiences or for those in the, in the field with the lingo, it's often referred to as NDEs. And if you are someone who has had a near-death experience, then you are an NDEer. Yeah. <laughs> or a near-death experiencer. Near-death experience survivor sometimes I've heard it talked about as well. Survivor? Yeah, because you survived the near-death experience and I guess you didn't die. I don't, I yeah. don't know. Mm, that's interesting. I've got a, I got a really funny kind of funny feeling about survivor. Yeah, I know. A... The look in your face just then was like, Lara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when I say woke. <laughs> and you're like, oh. I'm here for that. Visceral. Yep. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and I kind of like that when I say things, it makes you. And you see me have a face. reaction. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not often. Mm. I don't see it anywhere else. Anyhow. <laughs> you? So, what do you know about NDEs? What do I know about them? Um, well, in, uh, in plain speak, it's when someone has come close to death or quite often had an out-of-body experience where their physical body 
is close to death, um, whether they realise it or not at the time, but then they have to get back into their body and then they obviously don't die. They go on with their life, but quite often in that little time when they're having that experience, quite often they have revelations or um, what's referred to as your life review. You know, you see your life flash before you and Mm -hmm. you have... Um, a different perspective or, oh, that's why that happened. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're back in your body. Um, But interestingly enough, my nan spoke to me about, she had a similar experience. She had a few different operations in her time, like when she was young and when she was older, but um, she had a kidney removed. And during that surgery, she had an out-of-body experience where she told me she was aware of her... um, of her body on the operating table and she was floating up and she looked back down at it. And when she realised that she wasn't in her body anymore, all the, like, the only words she had was, I just had to fight like hell. I just fought like hell to get back into my body. Wow. Yeah, and she did. So that was... Um, How that, old was she? Oh, um, 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 maybe, maybe 40s. Okay. 40s. Yeah. Yeah, it was a while ago, but yeah, she really, she vividly remembered that and for her that was very real. Did she change after that? Did she talk about how it changed her perspective? No. No? No. Um, Not at all. Mm. (laughs) Not at all. I had an experience very similar to that when I gave birth to my second. Yes. Um, But it was a pain thing. So the doctors said that the pain um, was too much for my brain to process And so my brain switched off, Um, but I was out of body. Like I was what I wasn't out. No, out of body is the wrong word. I was uh, completely unaware of any physical sensation. It was like my. It was like I was viewing the situation in a third person. But from within your body, Uh, from just above, like from like probably like just above my head. Like my eyes just a little bit further up, like almost like from the yeah. third eye, like just from wow. just from a little bit above. So still in that same perspective, like you were looking up, you weren't looking, you weren't up and looking back down on yourself. I was looking, like I was laying on the bed giving yeah. birth yeah, with knees up and my, and I was sort of sitting up a little bit, like literally, like yeah. that's how I was as a human. But when I, when the pain stopped, I was viewing it sort of almost like if you had your head sitting on top of my head. Mm-hmm. So I could see my head and my face, oh. like, but looking down at my head and my face, like I could see this, like the view almost like. So you still had a very similar orientation. Yeah, but I wasn't like, yeah, but it was like, it wasn't, I would not call it out of body. I would say, um, I don't know what I would call it. It was just a. It was an awareness of self yeah. in in a real emotionless, feelingless state. And like a slight separation from the physicality. Complete separation. Yeah. Like there was nothing. I couldn't feel anything and there was no emotion to it. It was just simply an observation. Yeah. Watching that meat suit. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, go through the shit that it went through. But, yeah, and then I don't actually remember it coming back back like I don't like at what point you came back yeah I don't remember okay that's interesting I don't remember as well unless it was when they um I don't remember no I don't remember because it was it like I mean 
it was a very traumatic experience. Yeah, there was a lot there. And we have talked about that before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did that change anything for you, your perspective on anything? Mm, no, it helped me understand more. Um, I mean, everything that I get from spirit, I believe, I have yes. no reason not to. Yeah. There's two. It's just too the same. It. Yeah, I don't yeah. question it. Um, and so in me being me, when something like that happens, it's just another thing that's just going. Yeah, cool. That makes sense. It's like it doesn't. It didn't. Yeah. Didn't shock me. It didn't. I don't know. You like clocked I, it, but it wasn't a revelation of sorts. No, it wasn't something that I was just like, whoa, that <laughs> was freaking unreal. It was just like, okay, that's happened. Didn't feel special. Yeah. Or it did like it didn't feel unique. Yeah. It would have been a good thing if anything. Like if, you know, it was such a painful experience. It's amazing that all of a sudden that Well, it's crazy that the human body knows how to do that. Does that. Yeah. yeah. Definitely does that. It's well documented. Yeah. I don't and, know from that, you know, vantage point as you were discussing, but mm. definitely there, there comes a time when there's so much input. Yeah. There's a a level there. Well, I'd heard I'd watched just before, like it wasn't even long before that um, Oprah once had this man on um, and I think she was doing a an, an near-death experience um, okay. episode. This is so many years ago, obviously, but it was this story of this man who had been shot point blank in the head. Oh, right. And then walked himself into the hospital with a bullet hole in his head Yikes. and walked into the ER and just said, I've been shot and then just collapsed. And later on he talks about how he – he kind of just went into this autopilot where he knows he got shot um, and he heard the sound and then he just gets up and he just walks himself to the hospital. It's yeah. crazy. I think it was a security guard from memory. I don't know. But it wasn't long after that that I had my experience and, I, and that was like the first thing that I thought of and I still think about that today. It's just like I'm glad I saw that documentary because it made me just think, okay, yep. It's cool. a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, this is not just me being me again. Like this is yeah, a thing. It is a thing that us laymans also experience. <laughs> mm. And then more recently um, when we were talking about surviving death on Netflix, yes. that's kind of how this yeah. all sort of come up for us. And then just after we sort of were talking about it and did that episode, I went ice skating and some of the listeners would already have heard about me having been made of a fall. Yes. Um, where I hit my head and... I definitely did not have a near-death experience when I hit my head, but I had something quite unique that happened that I definitely found a very whoa, which is difficult for me to experience, but I had one. And that was um, when my head hit, like, so I landed on my head, on the back of my head. And when it hit, all I saw was black, like everything went really quiet. And all I saw was like a pitch black, but this black was like a black that is not black. It was just the strangest thing. And I had an awareness, a conscious awareness of, whoa, mm. like this is, that's black. Like this is fucking black. And I can't, I can't stress how different the black was. Like black's black. It's not black's black, not black. <laughs> it was like almost like a hole, like a black hole. You were in it. In it. And it's black, like void of any light, yeah. like just. Nothing. A void. An actual a void. void. But 
I think it because the, the, one of the ways that I think that I've kind of reconciled it a little bit is that it's not actually black; it's just darkness. Like it's it's um it's void of light. Like it, it's it's pure dark. Yeah, not black. It's pure darkness. Wow. But then, um, from the bottom left corner of my eye came like from my left viewpoint down the bottom left peripheral came this white um, blast, you know, like on like a Word document or a PowerPoint document, how you can do like that starburst, like a speech bubble starburst. It was like that and it was almost like cartoon. It like came from that bottom left corner and it came into the blackness and basically exploded the blackness with this white before I got up, before I opened my eyes and then realised where I was with five billion people standing around me at the ice rink. Because there was nothing going on. Nothing. No awareness other no. than the, like you weren't aware that you were it, lying on. It was like yeah. s- complete stillness. Um, but this white, again, was not white. It was like pure, it was it was opaque, but it was white, like, I can't I can't even describe the vividness of the white and <laughs> the black action. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nappy sand like it like it had all of that thrown at it. Wow. But yeah, it was crazy and then I opened my eyes and that was it. And when I later on talked about um this to people and I was doing some more research on NDEs, not like knowing that that wasn't a death experience, like I didn't nearly die. I don't know what that was, but it was something. Yeah. Um, one of the things which we'll talk about later is how colours appear. Okay. And how what I described actually is described by many, many people who have NDEs as exactly the same thing. Wow. Except they don't just see black and white, they see all colours. Yeah. Okay. It's like they see all colours of the spectrum. But they talk about the black and they talk about the white exactly the way that I described it and experienced it and I was just like, cool. It's a thing. It's a thing. But also what we'll see too is that one thing in doing a lot of research around this was that what people experience in their NDEs are very similar to what it's like to be a psychic medium. Wow. Like I'm looking, I'm reading it and, and watching people talk about it and hearing their stories just going, that's exactly what it's like. How cool. It's exactly what it's like. Yeah. You just have to be near death to experience it. Well, normal people do. Well, not normal people, but people who... Who aren't you. Who can't raise their consciousness, yeah. I guess. Because um, ultimately um, they call it superpowers. So they, they say that during NDEs people have superpowers. But it's just extra sensory Correct. Yeah. senses. But they call it superpowers. superpowers. And it's just like why wouldn't you just call it like extra sensories? Batman appears. <laughs> Um, rewinding back Just to... Just call me back, girl. <laughs> yeah, when you hit your head. Yeah. Um, and you were talking about it came up from the left. Is there any um, connection there? Because the left, when people come in from your left field of view when you're reading, that's spirit, right? Mm-hmm. That's... Well, no, people come in the right side oh, right. when it's people that are, are asked to join and invited in. Yeah. Pe- people that come in from the left are usually walk-ins. Oh, okay. Mm. Right. This was very, this did, This had no, like, I wasn't aware of any entity or any being or any presence. Yeah. I was just wondering. Apart if from myself. Any significance, like, from I the left-hand side. Because when you hear things in your left ear, is that spirit? 
Right ear spirit. Oh, right ear spirit. I always get mixed up. Mm. Um, you didn't hit more on the left side or anything like that. No, I hit like fairly right in the middle. Base. Back. Yeah, right on the back of the head. Um, but the other thing too is that I had a, um, like I drowned when I was 11 in a pool mm. um, and I have no recollection of anything. Like I had no experience, nothing. I just remember blacking out and then waking up. No experience whatsoever. So it's not like I... Like, Are you scared? I, you must have been fearful prior to blacking out because you were getting pushed under, weren't you? Um, yeah. So oh, I had my cousin's legs were around my neck. So yeah. like she was on my shoulders and I was on my uncle's shoulders and he went down and I got off his shoulders, but she panicked Yeah. and she held me under in between her legs. Oh. Um, and I panicked for like a brief second, but then I blacked out, like I drowned. Then just nothing. Nothing, oh, nothingness. Man. And then I woke up, I was thrown onto the ground under a tree and I just woke up, just bleh. Yeah. Yikes. Mm. Crazy, but I don't remember anything. There was nothing. No, nah, nothing that else I can. other than that. No. Nah. And I'm pretty sure I would remember because I remember most of it very clearly. Yeah. I remember everything else about that whole weekend away. I remember everything. Yeah. And I remember so many things from when I was little that I'm pretty sure if something was to happen, I would have remembered. Surely. Mm. Especially if it was yep. significant. So... I'm going to just read a few facts. Please. So an NDE um, is basically made up of what scientists believe become lucid organised memories. But what they can't prove with science is that usually there is no brain activity in a near-death experience. So when the patient comes to and they report having this near-death experience, if it also included an out-of-body experience where they're able to talk about what they saw, it usually is something that they're talking about that has been proven medically that there was no brain activity during that period of time. So, for example, cardiac arrest patients um, report the highest level of NDEs. Oh, right. And... When you've been in cardiac arrest, after 10 to 15 seconds, the brain activity is usually gone. Oh, really? And that's when they're usually working really hard to get the heart started and, and bring you back to life. People that were study in the study that I looked at, um, when, they, when they came to and they reported having a near-death experience, what they reported seeing in their out-of-body part or out of body experience part of the near death experience was this doctor and this doctor and this nurse and this happening and whatever, but it was at the period of time when there was zero brain activity after their cardiac arrest. So doctors cannot prove um, how like how that's happened, but they can prove that it did happen. Yeah, because they know that, you know they would they know the people that were there. Yeah, how they would this person know when they <laughs> cannot explain it medically. So about 45% of near-death experiences report an out-of-body experience, also known as an OBE, um, and usually it's from the over-the-top-of-the-body experience. Um, and um, they most often, like I said before, will occur in association with a cardiac arrest. Um, and when um, when they talk about 
patients going under for where they're anaesthetized. Anaesthetized. Yeah. Thank you. Um, when they're anaesthetized, uh, apparently, when you're anaesthetized, you shouldn't be able to have uh, lucid, organized memories either, oh, okay. because of the brain function slowing down. So it, it's like medically not possible when you're comatose or when you're anaesthetized for your brain to remember, have and remember mem- organized Gosh. memories. Yeah. 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 So doctors cannot explain it. Yeah. But this one man, Dr. Jeffrey Long, who I spent most of yesterday watching and listening to, he's amazing. He's fantastic. Him and his wife, um, they have this, um, this organization called Enderf, N-D-E-R-F dot org. Um, and you can, I found out basically all my information there with facts and everything. So you can check it out if you want. And he's written a book called the evidence of the afterlife. And then a second one, I think it's called God in the afterlife, because he talks about how in the study too, he found that one of the, um, main, um, elements to the reports in his study were that people talk about like the presence of a being, um, there's other beings, which we'll talk about later, but there's, there's this usually like one being that, that appears to be the kind of absolute being. Wow. Um, and he, for, you know, for, I guess for, for language um, ease, I think he's used the word God. Yes. I don't know until I read the book. Yeah. Um, but it's really just a, a word like Gabby. She talks about um, how God is the word that she uses because it's universal and you can, determine what god means to you yes exactly but i think that that's where he's got the god thing from it's just a higher energy source being type thing hmm. so um in the study that this guy did dr long he talks about how there is um he didn't make it up it was already made up it's called the grayson nde scale okay um and the grayson scale is 16 questions and if you get seven or more of the 16 questions included in your potential NDE, then it is classified as an NDE. So the 16 questions, do you want to read them? Would you want me to read them? You go okay. for it, yeah. So question one, did you have the impression that everything happened faster or slower than usual? So psychically, um, this happens all the fucking time. Like to to have a psychic um, impression or even speak to a spirit as a medium, time is not a human yeah. thing. Um, so in these NDEs, I would imagine that that's what they're experiencing, that time's just not time. Yeah. Um, question two, were, were your thoughts sped up? That happens all the time. Like I'm, I telepathically think and speak and feel and know and like it, it's in time that's like faster than light, speed time. It's yeah. crazy. Um, number three, did scenes from your past come up? So a lot of the time they talk about um, how things that like memories from when you were little that you haven't thought about in forever or anything, but you, you go back to them and you experience them again. Um, number four, did you suddenly seem to understand things? So this is very, very much what it's like as a psychic medium as well, where um, it's just um, like a clairsentience and a claircognizance. It's just a, that you like you see the truth of of what's happening and or happened, and you just know it. 
mm-hmm. and you can't argue it or question it. It's just, you just know it. It's just what it is. It's a very absolute. Um, number five, did you have a feeling of peace? Um, and this is how a lot of the NDEs, NDEs describe that there is no pain and suffering. It's just a really beautiful. It's a common thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, a real pleasantness of, of state. Yeah. Uh, number six, did you have a feeling of joy? Other people talk about this too in terms of how it can almost feel like blissful, like it's a yeah. real kind of an amazing feeling. They like um, being there. Yeah, that's more than peace. It's yeah. like a really happy, joyful feeling. Number seven, did you feel a sense of unity with the earth and or the universe? So many NDEs explain this oneness um, with either Mother Earth and nature and kind of feel like they are the universe or one with the earth. Yeah. Um, Number eight, did you see or feel surrounded by a brilliant light, which is probably one of the most obvious NDE uh, related phenomena that we hear about in terms yeah. of the bright light. Yeah. Uh, number nine, were your senses more vivid than usual? Number 10, did you have an OBE, an out-of-body experience? 11, did you see the future? Uh, a lot of NDEs talk about how, like there was that on surviving death, there was that cardiologist. Yeah. How she knew that her son was going to die right. in the future yeah. and then he did. Um, did you feel separated from your body? Uh, and I feel like that's where, like, there's, there's that difference between, did you have an out of body experience or did you feel separated from your body? I feel like with my birth with Luca, that was more, I felt separated, but not an out of body. Um, 13, did you seem to encounter an otherworldly, um, place like heaven? 14, did you seem to encounter a mystical being, presence, or hear an unidentifiable voice? And this is that God-like energy that people talk about. 15, did you see uh, deceased spirits or religious spirits? So like angels and things like that or people, loved ones in spirit. Yeah. Um, 16, did you come to a border or boundary of no return? So a lot of the time um, people talk about how they kind of were given like a almost like a choice whether yeah. they want to stay or go. An opportunity. Yeah, yeah. but they knew that this was it. This was fin- like a, a, a final yeah. absolute moment. Mm. Excuse Dashy. Yeah. That's my little Dashy having a bark. <laughs> he's cute and he's a very good watchdog. He is. He's the best. He's a good sniffer dog too. I've told the boys, don't you dare bring drugs home because oh, that dog right. will rat you out. <laughs> you ain't that. getting away with anything in this house. He will sniff it and hunt you down. Um, yeah, so they're the 16 questions on the NDE scale. I love that last one that you just mentioned, um, you know, come to a border and either given a choice. Like I've, you know, heard so many NDEs on podcasts before um and some do have that opportunity to choose and then some are just told no this is not your time Mm -hmm. they're like shelved back Mm -hmm. the difference is huge isn't it whether you've got that choice or you're just told yeah for sure you reckon that's like hugely significant I think it's hugely massively significant yeah Uh, and I think that 
even though we seem to, humans seem to uh, judge it or maybe not judge it, but classify it, maybe, I don't know, I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but um, determine that it is a choice. I love that humans think they have a choice because <laughs> I honestly, truly with every part of me believe that even though it appears that these people seem to think that they have a choice, that I don't think that we really do. I think that it was all part of the plan in the first place and that to have the NDE in the first place was part of their destiny, part of their fate, part of the plan. Yeah. That they were meant to become enlightened or awaken in some way, shape or form and this is their way and that if they chose to go, they wouldn't go anyway. Like they, really? it, it, I, I believe that oh. it, they've already determined that that was going to happen to them and yeah. that They've already chosen Correct. to come back. That was predetermined. Yeah. Ah. Ooh. With all of every part of my being, that's my that's belief. That's like a mind-blowing thing because, mm. yeah, if we are, we have, you know, this predetermined experiences, then obviously that stands to reason. But mm-hmm. you, that could be quite controversial for the people that have experienced it and they sitting there going, no, because I actually chose that. Yeah, I, you I, chose that, but not right in that moment. Correct. You chose it in this human experience, but your soul already had already chosen it. That's so cool. Yeah. That's my belief anyway. And read number five. I clocked number five and I was going to say something. Did you have a feeling of peace? Oh, is that it? Did you have a feeling of joy? Yeah. Did you suddenly seem to understand things? Oh, that's right. Because some people, um, when they come back from these, they say they're quite at peace with knowing like they're no longer afraid of death mm. because they've seen it and they're like it was actually fine and they can even be a little bit cranky when they do have to return back to their life especially if they weren't in a you know the best place to begin with they're for like, sure because it's just like life's shit <laughs> yeah it's like really take me back where where it is that you know report to have great lives and be very happy you know the worst thing I could think in the world would would be to leave this world right now but then if I was to have an NDE maybe I would realize that it ain't so bad after all I was like I don't know mm. about that yeah I mean I can't really talk to that because I don't have a fear of death yeah never have and I also so many people do though but it's the fear of absolutely the more so than death itself it's like well what yeah there's definitely two different things there yeah um, like there's the fear of what happens when we die and then there's the fear of dying. Yes. Um, I have a fear of neither. Yeah. But it's obvious that with uh, me being me that I would have those views because I spend like one foot here and one foot there most yes. of the time anyway. And I know there's nothing to be afraid of when we die and I know that death, I know the process of it, so it's not something to be afraid of, but I can understand why people would be. Yeah, because you understand it from a completely different level to what... Well, most of us do, really. Yeah. Well, when it comes down to the fact that we're we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Yeah. And so spiritual beings are light and they're free and earth is where we're bound. Earth is where we are going through the the nightmare and the hell of it all. Well, you the know, lessons. Also the speak. suffering, yeah. the perceived suffering and lessons. We also get such um, incredible opportunities to experience the exact opposite of that too. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So 
there are a couple of things that um, came up in this study that I was reading and one of them is that um, they they have these I think they're called they're called nine lines of questioning inside this research study and one of them is um, does age affect NDE experiences so they went through and as part of their group of study they uh, studied children under the age of five who would have no preconceived idea of religion or death and life and yeah, really no kind of towards correct. anything. Yeah, no conditioning. <laughs> yeah. And so the average age of their child under the age of five was 3.6, so three years, six months. And um, they said that there was absolutely no difference between an adult NDE and a child NDE. In fact, the child could use language um, and mature vocabulary to describe their NDE, which would not normally ordinarily be of their everyday vocabulary. Wow. They within their capabilities to use the language that they were using correct. to describe their NDE. Uh-huh. Wow. So they, they still described um, most like seven or above of the of the grace and scale. Yeah. Um, there was literally no difference whatsoever in 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 the human age of the uh, person having that experience. Correct. Um, which I thought was really cool that they um, that they have the not the foresight but the the um the wisdom to include that in their study because I feel like it gave it so much more credibility not that it needs it but I feel like it does for some people which is interesting because at the end of his um presentation that I watched Dr Long goes um many scientists now say that skeptics need to prove that NDEs are not real as opposed to needing to prove that they are real because we've proved that they're real already yeah So if you're a skeptic and you think that it's bullshit, then prove that it's not real. Prove that all these people, I think they're now up to over 4,000 reported NDEs as part of their organisation. Within this study? Within the group. No, the study study group was like 1,200 people. Oh, But they've, like, that's old. That was done back in the 2000-something. Early 2000s. Yeah. Um, And so now they're over 4,000 people that have achieved the grace and scale. Yeah proven NDE experience experiencing the very similar phenomena yeah from everywhere correct all different ages yeah and so another part of the line of questioning was um different cultures cultures languages and religions yeah and how that affects NDEs so what they did was they got their study translated into all these different languages Muslim countries like everywhere all different yeah yep and they put it online and they basically made it available so it could be anonymous because a lot of the religions, like the Muslim religion, would find it, if they had an NDE, they probably would ignore it or not talk about it because um, it's just not accepted in their religion. Oh, okay. So they found that of the um, the Muslim people especially who filled out the research um, that, again, absolutely zero difference in culture religion race it, it doesn't matter whether it doesn't matter who you are as a human an nde is exactly the same they're experiencing the same the same phenomena wow yeah uh and so a lot of the time um what they 
what they usually report, an NDER will usually report that they can um, see this light and a tunnel. And apparently the patients who have a cardiac arrest are the ones most likely and, sorry, and anaesthetized. They're the ones that usually report a tunnel. Other NDEs don't usually report a tunnel. Interesting. Mm. Which I'm wondering if that, like medically, would that have something to do with like... um, Drug they're given. Correct. It's possible. But again, how do we figure that out? Yeah. It's certainly possible because there's some, yeah, there's certainly some drugs you're given in those situations. They're Mm. different though. The drugs that you give someone having a cardiac arrest and the drugs that you're giving someone that you're anaesthetizing, they're different. Yeah. Yeah. But Mm. maybe they have... You know, who knows on the reactions they've got on the receptors, the photoreceptors or the neurons and that sort of thing. So mm. potentially. Mm. Um, so people also report being able to see their past lives. So not just like, um, oh, like no. not just into the past of their human life, but yeah. being able to see in past lives. Like they go back to a time where they're sitting around and they can see into their past lives. It's like on the surviving death. Yeah. Um, but this happens within an NDE experience as well. And they come to and then they find out that they're able to do research and discover that that actually happened and that was probably them. Wow. Like they're just able to confirm all these details, which is just crazy. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Um, and they um, talk about seeing past loved ones uh, and pets. A lot of the time in the people in this study, when they talked about past loved ones, they weren't actually, they were ancestors. They weren't actually people that they were alive when, when the yes. human that had the NDE was alive. Yeah. They never knew them. But when they came out of the end, out of the experience, they were able to confirm with relatives that yes, that's your great grandmother or your great grandfather or yeah. your great uncle or whatever. Which you would, do you see that when you're giving someone a reading that they've got a lot of family members there that they, that person didn't know, but. They're there. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it happens. Yeah. Usually I'll only ever ask for uh, spirits that can come through that the person in front of me can validate. Because ah, okay. honestly, it is not fun for anyone sitting there yes. when I'm saying, oh, yeah, you've got your great-grandmother, yeah. you know, Gertrude standing yeah. <laughs> here and she wants to know this and they're just going to go, well, I never knew her, so I don't even know. Yeah. yeah. Like I've done it for far too long now to know that the people sitting in front of me want things that are going to wow them as much as that annoys me, but things that are going to shock them, wow them, give them immediate validation, things that feel good to them, whereas most people don't want to know things that they're not going to be able to validate. Sorting through the family tree from... Yeah, it's not what most people want. I was going to say, I'd love to do that. You would. You would. I know. You're not most people, though. Oh, thanks. (laughs) I've got my own (laughs) subcategory. Yeah, the not most people category. (laughs) (laughs) special (laughs) oh um yeah and so one of the other things that they uh that they have in the line of question is um their perspective so a lot of the time people talk about having this third person perspective so they're able to look at things that are happening or happened in their life but they can see themselves and other people and they have an awareness of what the other person is thinking and feeling, like tele- like telepathically. Oh, right. Okay. A uh, understanding of the whole situation. Yeah. Right. Which is exactly what it's like as a psychic. And it's exactly what it's like when we die. So when spirits come through of people who you've lost, 
they can show me their human perspective, which you're going to recognize and know them from. But then they show me their spiritual perspective where they're just like, well, this is actually what was happening. Wow. And that's exactly what it's like. Like I can't describe it any other way. Yeah. It's just exactly. It's so simple. Um, now there's two things that are, um, that were really important for them to talk about in their study. And at the end, I guess, of his presentation was, um, that you can't predict when a near death experience is going to happen. That's one thing that they have not been able to come up with a predetermined prediction of, um, when that's going to happen. Um, and only about 10% of, uh, the people who nearly die actually have an NDE. So it is extremely rare, but it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's common enough, like um, while it's rare, there's it's common enough for people to report these things um, time and time again. Yeah. Uh, and I think that it comes down to being able to be reported. You have to have met the Grayson scale. So yes. you can talk about it yes, and you can discuss it. So yeah. there would be probably many, many, many more. Exactly. But they've only reported only 10%. From this study. Correct. Yeah, got you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's all like extremely, extremely interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's also kind of like, well, that's a really great insight for everyone to understand what it's like to be a psychic medium. Yeah. With all of the stuff going on. Because it's just it's just what it's like. How a lot of those um, phenomenon experienced during an NDE um, feels like what it feels like to be you receiving yes. your information when you're doing readings and working uh-huh. in your space. Except for the colours. So, um, oh, yeah. You're going to talk about colours. Yeah. So they talk about these. They call them superpowers, like I said before. Oh, yes. And this was another thing that they did. They studied... Um, a contingency of blind people and deaf people. Yeah. Again, no difference. The deaf people could hear and the blind people could see. Wow. Because it's it's their human body that can't hear and their human body that can't see, not yep. their spirit. Yeah. Um, and so they talk about being able to see really, really, not just blind people or deaf people, but all NDEs talk about the colours being really vivid and colours that we don't see as humans. Okay. Um. Which I feel like the black and the white fall into that, but I didn't see a colour. Like I just saw black and white. Yeah. Um, but they specifically talk about like a, um, a iridescent colour that is like an aqua or a purple. Ooh, like violet Yeah, there's two. So there's the violet one oh, and okay. then there's the aqua. Right. Um, and I see those. Do you? But I, I didn't see them in my head knock. I just uh-huh. see them when there's spirits around. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they Ooh, see those. It's giving me the biggest chills. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they also talk about, which I can do and I do do, and I talk about it like I, people would have heard me, you've probably heard me talk about it. You do do? What do I you do do. do. Um, in NDEs, they talk about being able to zoom in and out oh, in their vision. Yeah, to get clearer, more information. Yeah. Yeah, you've talked about that fascinates me yeah, yeah so they can do it too cool. which is really cool so that's like that's stopping it's like freeze framing and zooming in and zooming out yeah i could freeze frame yeah. yeah yeah that's so cool mm, it is cool yeah i love it when i can do that i do it 
a lot. So matrix. Like a lot in your <laughs> workspace though. Like you're not doing it as you're walking around all day long. Correct. Yeah. 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 I pretty much do it every time I sit at work and I'm doing a reading. So you can get the clearest information. Uh-huh. Okay. Got you. Yeah. But yeah, they talk when I read that I was like Yes, this is just, you're yeah. just describing exactly what it's like to be a psychic medium. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's crazy. And the way that they describe being able to see their loved ones in spirit is exactly the same way that it's like when I see their loved ones in spirit. Yeah, okay. Wow. So it's mm. like the closest you come to that mm. veil, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I just feel that a near-death experience is humans connecting to their higher self and just experiencing that. Because you've gotten out of your own consciousness. Mm -hmm. You've gotten out of your own way, so to speak. Your human conscious mind is... Yeah. Your subconscious... (laughs) Yeah, your subconscious is still there because it's aware. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, One of the things too is that after you know, us talking about this a few months ago um, and you listening to Teresa Chung's White Shores podcast and talking yes. to me about Winbridge Institute. Yes. The Winbridge Institute is um, a research instit- institute ran by a lady who, it's a husband and a wife too, isn't it? Uh, I can't I even remember. Um, but they study mediums yep. um, and psychic phenomena and they basically want to be able to bring people like me and what I do to the forefront to be able to help with uh, specifically medical areas. Like similar, it's almost a process of credentialing mm-hmm. you, you folk, correct? In a way, so that, that rigorously studied blindly, and you go through a lot of testing. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, but they do it with the. To get funding for it is really difficult and that's why many of us don't or and never probably will be studied because yeah. people won't fund it. There's but, no money there, is there? Yeah, but they got funded to do it and the reason why they wanted to do it and how they got their funding was so that they could bring people like me to the forefront for um, holistic approaches for um, for people, essentially yeah. sick people, for medical purposes, yeah. not just for shits and giggles and for fun. Not just for study's sake. Yeah. yeah. It was to be able to use what we have yeah. to better the human experience or whatever. Yeah. But um, she um, she actually, uh, the, the researchers closed, the, 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 um, the funding ran out. The funding's ran out, so I can't apply for it, which was my intention. Yeah. Uh, but what I did notice was that on their website, the Winbridge Institute, they've got down the bottom, they've got their list of the mediums that they did yes. bring through the study. One of them on there is Kim Russo. She has had, I don't know whether she still has it, but it's a, a TV show. Okay. Uh, and, oh, God, now I can't remember what it was called. I used to watch it all the time. Um I can't remember what it was called. It'll come to me. Yeah. But she, and she's an amazing medium and I'll only really watch the ones that I know are legit and she's legit. In her show, she's done, there is no one else that I've ever seen before on television who's been able to get the producers and the people who create the whole show She's like, I don't know whether there's also a medium in the production crew or something, oh, okay. but yeah. the way that they get what it looks like and sounds like for a medium, well, for yeah. me anyway, and obviously for her too, the way that it is 
the way that they portray it on the show using it's it's not real, obviously. Yeah. It's almost exactly like it's the closest thing that I could probably say that resembles what it's like. Yeah. And when I read it yesterday that she was on there, it made me think I should probably tell listeners that so they could get a really good idea if they could find it to go and have a look at. I just wrote her name down. I'll be looking her up. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, it's it's so 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 similar yeah. to um, to what it's like. Like it's probably the closest thing that you could get. There was an online um, test. Oh. Gosh, it's oh. probably more than a year ago that I listened to the first episode of Precognition. I think it was even in her. Teresa Chung's done like, I think she's up to season four, and I'm sure it was in her first season that I was listening to a lot of precognition studies and the people that do Winbridge were um, also affiliated with another sort of precognition research area. Um, and there was... At the time, there was online testing into your precognition abilities. Did you ever do that or did I ever talk to you about that? No. can't remember. I'll have to try and find it again and hmm. send you the link. I read her premonition code. Who's that? Teresa Chung's. Yeah. It wasn't hers. It was uh, the, the guest speaker of whoever uh, she was talking to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I can't remember now what it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Kim Russo show is called The Haunting of... The haunting of yeah. So she goes to people's places yeah, um, and talks to you about the spirits that are there. Oh, okay. Yeah, just like what we did at Mangrove. Cool. Yeah, which we'll be doing more of. Yes. <laughs> For it turns out it's haunted. We're gonna start that up real yeah. soon. <laughs> A couple of weeks, and you'll be getting your first step. The research is going in. So it is the um. The intros and the outros are really taking shape now. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Can't wait to hear the music that Maddie comes up with. Yeah, he's getting creative. And when I get the time, the opportunity to sit down and listen to where he's up to, it's always really cool. It's nice. Yay. Yeah. But there's some things that we're going to add to it and shuffle around and play with. But we before we wrap up completely about the NDEs, because there's so many awesome stories out there and I love the research that you've done and, like you said, um, the ones that you were reporting on, well, the ones that these guys were reporting on that you did your research on all met those different criteria to be classified as NDE, so to speak. But there's loads of people sharing their stories on podcasts and, and whatnot. And um, one of the podcasts that I love to listen to because I find her fascinating is Karina Machado's um, Spirit Sisters. And I recently listened to an NDE podcast um, called Angels in the O.R., um, Patricia or Trisha Barker's, um, sort of experience and Trisha Barker in her own right is, um, has her own podcast and she's written a book called Angels in the OR, What Dying Taught Me About Healing, Survival and Transformation. Um, and in the podcast with Karina Machado, she was talking about, she had a car accident and her back was very badly affected and she had an out-of-body experience and an NDE because during, um, during that operation they nearly lost her. She nearly died on the table. Um, but when she had her out-of-body experience, she also was able to see um, light beings sort of behind the surgeons that were performing her surgery and they these light beings whether the surgeons realized it or not probably not um, I think it's safe to say 
these light beings were sort of guiding the surgeons to do the surgery. So um, I found that fascinating because I reckon that's really common that people doing such highly skilled, especially healing work, are often guided, whether they realise it or not, to be doing it. I'd have to say 100% of the time. There you go. <laughs> so there's a book that, um, it's a textbook that um, like I've done study through and it's called The Hands of Light. Oh, you've, yeah, I'd like to read that. Okay. Yeah. Fascinating. I, it's at my office. So when I go there next, I will take some photos and I'll post them to the Instagram Cool. Um, of what you're describing. Right. So those light beings could either be their spirit guides themselves, yeah. the spirit guides of the person sitting on the table yeah. being operated on, the spirit guides of the angels, yeah. the OR, the nurses and the doctors, but also it could be um, healers like ascended masters and angels and things like that coming through. It can be whoever you ask to come through. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's – I, I would have to say 100% of the time. Yeah. And this lady, like, prior to this experience, she was not like Not you. like that. Yeah. She was She was just anyone that's mm. been in a car echo kind yep. of thing. So I just found that perspective fascinating. So I haven't had the opportunity to look her up on, or on YouTube or look up her own um, podcast, but that's another one. If, if this episode is... Um, <laughs> I've just accidentally started playing it. <laughs> Sorry, Maddie. Um, but, yeah, that's just another place to look into more of this stuff because it's mm. intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. And listening to people's stories is, is cool because um, I think it, it, helps, uh, it helps people feel more comfortable. Yeah. Um, I oh, think. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to life that's fascinating and mysterious and sometimes scary mm. um but yeah her podcast Karina Machado's podcast Spirit Sisters especially recently has a lot of NDE stories she's she must be getting into that <laughs> well it's probably because of surviving death too yeah like true. a lot of podcasts of have course, been talking about it of course yeah, yeah for sure but anyway it's a hot yes. topic so if that um tickles your fancy go go forth go and scratch an itch yeah <laughs> <laughs> do that and do what she said <laughs> thanks for listening next episode is going to be um listener stories heavy because we've had some lovely patient people that have been waiting a while so we will get to that yeah next time thanks, bye. Guys. bye if you'd like to send us one of your ghost stories or if you have a question for me or for laura send us a gmail at tospsychic at gmail.com Follow us on Instagram at turnsout_psychic and over on Facebook at TOSP Podcast.